Hello, welcome once again to the Kilcullen Diary SoundCloud. I'm Brian Byrne. In this episode, we're talking with Nicola Kennedy, Kilcullen's local optometrist for the last 14 years. Indeed, her practice is one of the cornerstones of Kilcullen's business and medical services. Nicola has always been close to Kilcullen. She grew up in Mullacash between Two Mile House and Nace, in what she recalls as an idyllic country setting. Oh, it was all outdoors. It was on the lakes, and it was down the fields, down to the ponds, getting buckets of frog spawn and bringing it home and making a pond for them at home and watching them hatch as they do. Yeah, cycling down to the Friends, going swimming out in Carnal Way, hopping on tractors with friends and going for a drive when we were that with that bit older. Yes, it was great. It was, but it was all outdoors really. Now, not farming, we wouldn't be a farming background, but there was plenty of farms around us and plenty of friends who had farms. Um, so we, we had the, the bit of fun climbing haystacks in sheds or barns. And yes, we got to experience a bit of that as well. And then we would have had um, relations down in Kerry who were farmers. So we, we had a bit there too. So fa- fairly rural, all right. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Freedom. Nicola went to primary school in Two Mile House and then went on to her secondary education in Newbridge College. But her interest in eyes developed at an early age. I suppose I'm wearing glasses since I was um, 10. And I used to go to LET and have my eyes tested and I was always fascinated by the equipment and the machinery involved and the, the fascination of when you put a lens in front of my eyes that I could see so much better. So it was that, um, I suppose, the curiosity about it. And I suppose going through school, I I would have loved to have done medicine or something, pharmacy, something like that. But I kind of, um, yeah, I wanted to work with people. And optics was a mix of clinical and retail. And it had nice hours it was just that little bit more appealing than having to do say rounds or shift work as you might have to do as a doctor at the time back then I mean there was there was no such thing as KDOC at the time so you know if you were a GP you were out at night as well yeah and I was a bit of a science head as well so yeah technology and the physics and the maths of, of optics was always very interesting to me and I didn't do so well in my leave insert actually. Um, so I actually repeated my leave insert, um, and I did that in the Holy Family. They had a sort of a, a bespoke leave insert year where they took students in from all schools, and we did a, a fairly intensive repeat year. And I still didn't have the points to get into optics then, so I got into um, applied science in Kevin Street which was on the first floor and optics was on the second floor. Now, I loved science. I really enjoyed it, but I knew I wasn't going to be in a lab for the rest of my life. So I used to, every term, I used to run up to the second floor and knock on the optics door and say, I know you didn't fill the year this year. I know there's empty places. Let me in. (laughs) They eventually gave in after Christmas of second year. They wanted me to complete my degree because that was the rules at the time that, you, you know, they, they wouldn't let people in if they hadn't, because I wasn't quite a mature student at that stage either. So they, they said, no, finish your degree. And I was quite good at maths. So they wanted me to stay on in the science course to, to continue on with the maths because I was quite good. My dad actually won a, an award for, for maths 
um, when he was in secondary school, uh, top of the country. Um, so it was, it, there must have been something in that. But I ended up saying no. I just I couldn't see myself teaching. I, I wanted to work with people in general. So they were a little bit disappointed that I left science, but I moved into the optics then. So yeah, that was good. After graduation, Nicola went to Carlo for a year, working with Bernard Jennings, a long-established practice in that town. And then she moved to Chester in the UK. At the time we qualified, we would have had recruitment consultants come in and they literally couldn't get enough opticians in the UK at the time. And of course, they were throwing silly money at us to come over. Some of my friends went straight over once they qualified. I said I'd stay for stay at home for a year and then decided to travel. Chester would have been very familiar to me because my mom and her very good friend would have gone on shopping trips to Liverpool and Chester and Manchester and I would have gone as well on occasion. So it was kind of familiar to me and it was also very close to home. I could fly from Dublin to Liverpool, 20 minute flight and a 20 minute drive then from Liverpool to Chester. And it's a lovely city and the people were lovely. So I kind of felt at home when I went over to the interview over there. I didn't feel like I was a million miles away. So that's that's how I settled in Chester. I suppose it was a decision then after a year, was I going to stay or was I going to go home or what was I going to do? And I, I, I kind of wanted to go home, do you know, so probably a bit of a home bird, really. Just decided to come home and then I, then I locumed from then. In 2002, Nicola and her husband Rob moved into Castle Martin Lodge in Kilcullen. They had their first child and Nicola worked as a locum in a number of independent and multiple practices. She was happy at her work, but in the background there was always the thought of setting up on her own. Part of our um, degree in college was that we had to do... um because most of us would eventually end up opening up businesses of our own. We had to do business studies and we had to do a business plan. And so I'd done a business plan on Kilcullen while I was in college. So that was uh, a good number of years before I actually opened up. The numbers really weren't there at the time. There was, you know, they were still waiting for some of the, the infrastructure to be there. So I, I was... Um, I was kind of watching that space all the time. So once the building kind of took off, then I kind of felt, right, this is getting a little bit closer to, to happening. And um, eventually the, the unit on the corner was vacant. And I was vacant for a while. And we'd be walking down, myself and Rob would be walking down around the corner to go to Barden's or Fallon's or whatever we'd be doing. And um, you'd kind of look at it while it was empty and say, you know, you know Rob would be saying, go on, would you not go for it? And I was kind of reluctant at that stage to kind of take the step. I thought maybe was it a risky move. I was quite secure with the low coming and I had a little bit more control over it. And um, it was a sort of a big leap of faith to go from having a, a nice little income with not so much responsibility other than just doing the job to eating, breathing and sleeping your own business <laughs> and taking the drop in income at the time too. So, um, so yeah, we ended up getting into talks with the auctioneer and yeah, here we are now. That was 14 years ago and Nicola still wonders where that time has gone and how quickly. She does recall, however, that running her own business involved a steep learning curve. Yeah, I mean, it worked out really well. I mean, it took off and grew legs very, very quickly when we opened. We hadn't factored in um, a recession 
that wasn't in the business plan at all. So we opened in 2006 and we had, we had a fantastic summer. Actually, we had that really, really, that, that heat wave that year and the sunglasses were flying out the door. But the following year or year and a half later, then there were signs of the recession and that was pretty dramatic. But we, we soldiered on through and in the midst of that as well, that wasn't on the business plan, was my second child. And Chloe, she was born in 2011, so that was a, another challenge of, of sorts. And yeah, so I mean, there would have been things that we definitely didn't foresee, but it's been fantastic. Um, I like, I always knew that Kilcullen people were extremely loyal, and if they can do business in Kilcullen, they will do business in Kilcullen before they'll go looking for it elsewhere. But to the degree that they do it, I was that really surprised me. And we, yeah, we've made some really, really nice friendships and relationships with, with our, our clients. And that's what we are about is, is relationships. You know, um, we're not a, a, a conveyor belt where, where you come in to us and we hope that we can look after you for life, not just for that particular moment in time. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, really. Living and working in a small town like Kilcullen is definitely different to doing so in a city. And... Being that previously admitted to sort of a home word, Nicola certainly appreciates it. We're, we're living in the town where my, my patients are my neighbours. We're part, of, part and parcel of the town. I suppose people, people kind of know us at this stage to see us. And yeah, I, I, I love it. I suppose, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be back out in the countryside for the whole, the freedom and the, 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 the fresh air and the space. But um, I love the community part of Kilcullen and how everybody gets on and everybody helps each other out. And the community spirit in the town is just amazing, whether it's the residents' associations or the, the KCA or all the little the groups, the sports groups, the clubs that are available. It's just, it's great, it's fantastic. Do you know, it's, it's such a friendly place. That earlier interest in medical matters always stayed with Nicola. And very soon after setting up here, she realised there was a need for a local first responder unit. Actually, the, the year that we opened the, the practice was the year we established the, the first responders as well. So it was quite hectic at the time. And actually, you know, it kind of kept me busy while I was working as well in the early days. But yeah, so we, we established the first responders back in 2006. Um, and we had a fantastic group of volunteers and we we operated a roster for up to about five years, I think. Mm-hmm. And it kind of fizzled out at the time because the demand wasn't there. We were probably too well served by the, the ambulance service at the time, whereas now we're, we're not so well served um, and it's an absolute essential to have it. Obviously, at the moment, we're stood down because of the, the coronavirus and the risks to the volunteers if they were to do call outs to, to people's houses and not know whether somebody has coronavirus or not. But once this is over, we'll be back up and running again. So we had a great response and sort of a new generation of volunteers coming up, which is great. And then we got great publicity by having Brian Redmond involved, which was really great. We got a little bit more publicity and kind of raised the profile of the of the, the unit in general. So, yeah, we, we've, we've recruited, we must be up to 24 now at this stage that are recruited and trained and we were ready to recruit and train more until coronavirus struck. So yeah, so we were going good. So they're all keen to get back up and running 
as soon as we can. The ambulance service are actually looking for them to volunteer um, at some of the testing sites in terms of prep prepping some of the swabs because they haven't got enough people to to deal with the process that's involved in the testing places so they need people in Dublin to start with and they'll probably be rolling that out then to Kildare when it's needed so they won't be idle and I have to mention um, provincial security as well who were fantastic they donated our um our defibrillator and they also donated a choking vest so we can simulate somebody choking and we can train train the, the volunteers on how to deal with that so they, they've been fantastic as well the arrival of the coronavirus and its attendant restrictions has affected nicholas practice in a similar way to many other businesses she is currently working behind closed doors pending a resolution of the situation we can't do any routine eye exams because we would be working less than one metre away from our clients and we would be spending more than 15 minutes at a time with those clients. So we would actually have to break up an appointment into three separate appointments to meet the guidelines. So um, that's just not practical. So routine eye exams are off for the moment. We are triaging people over the phone if they have any eye complaints. So if they have vision loss or eye pain or discomfort or red eye, anything like that, or if they have an issue with their contact lenses, um, I can talk to them over the phone and advise them. And um, it's great because people can take photographs of their eyes even and send me the photos that I, I can have an idea, even just looking at a photograph about what's going on. And then we're doing repairs. So we've had numerous children's glasses in, needing new sides. We had a chap in whose resistance band uh, slapped him in the face while he was exercising and he was wearing glasses. So his glasses were completely annihilated. So we had to get him sorted. Luckily, it was just the glasses and not his eyes. And then lots of dry eye and hay fever and just general wear and tear from computer work at home that we're dealing with as well. So I've got a little mobile unit in my car with all my drops and lotions and potions and and I've my little repair set with my screwdrivers and nose pads and bits and pieces as well. So yeah, kind of keeping me going with that as well. The coronavirus pausing of normal life has given many people an opportunity, whether they want it or not, to step off their everyday hurtling world for a while. There's a lot of tragedy, loss and economic concern involved. But Nicola Kennedy wonders if there might be some positive consequences too. I think we were, we were still, even after the recession and the Celtic Tiger, I think we were still going at a fairly serious pace and not having time to to do some of the important things in life maybe so yeah i think everybody's going to slow down now with this and they're going to reevaluate and and reassess what's important to them and i think it'll be for the better to be honest you've been listening to the kilcullen diary soundcloud i'm brian byrne thanks for listening i'll be back again with more keep safe keep listening